Welcome to the Laity Space Podcast. The goal today is to promote conversations that advocate and support the role of everyday United Methodist in the state of Florida. We hope you'll enjoy today's discussion featuring local church lay leaders who are embracing the call to be witnesses to the love of Christ for the transformation of the world. You are important to us. So on behalf of the Conference Board of Laity, we say thank you for joining us. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Laity Space podcast. I am here with my great friend, Alice Williams, co-lay leader. How are you doing, my friend? Derek, I am good. It is good to see you. How are you today? I'm doing really good. Just excited about this podcast and getting it going. And I'm excited to have another really good friend and lay colleague, Molly McIntyre, in the Zoom room. How are you doing, Molly? I am doing good. Just another hot Florida day. <laughs> it, it is. It is end of February and it's hot. And I just don't think that that's the way it's supposed to be. Kingdom come, Lord Amen. Jesus, come, Lord <laughs> Jesus. We are in a conversation about the four P's of lay leadership. And Alice, today we're going to talk about passion with Molly. Molly is one of my favorite people, but also yes. one of the most passionate people that I yes. know. And so, Alice, could you just tell us a little bit about this, this particular P, passion? What, how would you define passion uh, in, in this conversation, Alice? You know, it's funny. I, I, I like all four of the four P's, but I think this one's my favorite. Um, and I'll tell you why. Because I believe God has gifted each of us with, with, with things that either break our hearts or bring us great joy, gifts and graces that we can use to do kingdom work, right? And so that, to me, that's what passion is. It's, it's that thing that's inside of you that you cannot let go of that just, like I say, either breaks your heart or, or brings you great joy. That, just real quickly, I, I heard a podcast recently, um, Hidden Brain, if you've never listened to it, it's really kind of cool, but uh, it was talking about fuel and friction. And that was another way that it struck me that the way we behave, we, we are tend to be spurred into action by either the things that fuel us or the things that come up against us and cause friction and we feel like we need to change. To me, that's what passion is. And Molly, you, you exude all of that. You approach the things in your calling with such zeal um, that, that it was just a natural fit for you for passion when we were going to be talking about this. And I am so excited to have Molly kind of give us a little bit of perspective on this particular part of lay leadership passion. Before we dive in, though, Molly, tell us sort of where you are, what you're doing right now, a little bit about, you know, just all that's happening in Molly's life. Yeah, so I am still currently um, working for the Florida Conference in the Missional Engagement Department, um, which deals with everything from the Haiti Florida Covenant to Zoe Empowers. Uh, we just wrapped up the Fill the Table initiative, which was absolutely incredible and the most heartwarming thing that I've seen um, in a very long time uh, in our local churches. So busy with that, getting ready to gear up for um, some trips. So that's exciting. Um, and just still you know, spending lots of time with my lovely dog who is one less tooth 
dog now, but that's oh. okay. We love him anyways. Um, but yeah, just um, still trying to stay safe and live life. Awesome. So Molly, I have a question for you. As you, as you hear about passion and, and we talk about, you know, God's gifts and graces to each of us and, and, and how we might use that. What resonates with you when you, when you think about passion and, and how God has gifted us? Yeah. So when, when I, you all first brought this up to me, the first thing I thought of was how did I create these passions in my life or how was I even able to like experience that passion? So many times we're told like, you know, oh, like we get you're passionate about that, but like you need to like, just kind of just relax or let someone else deal with that. Um, but it brought me to the local United Methodist Church that I grew up in. Um, and I was very lucky to, you know, my dad's a pastor, but I was lucky to spend majority of my time in one church. And I was that child that, and that youth that would be like, hey, why is there a genocide going on in Sudan? And hey, why is why, what is this situation? I mean, I was, I was asking everything and anything and they never said to me, Molly, like, okay, just, just chill out. They would allow me to ask these questions. And they, these were lay people that would constantly answer and, um, build me up to be able to ask these questions, which in itself created this passion of my life that has developed into what I'm doing now. Uh, but I do think one of the biggest things that I realized was my passions were created because people allowed me to ask the questions. They allowed me um, to experience things. I remember I was an 11th grader and I had this, you know, I wanted to know everything I could about HIV and AIDS. Like I just was, I didn't understand it in, in the United States. And my church was like, do you want to go to this conference in California? I was in 11th grade and they just sent me off on like a whim. And, but because of these people pouring into me and building me up, my passions were, it be like, were able to be, you know, created. And, um, and I know that God put these people in my life, especially during that, that time of my life to be able to continue. Um, cause I was always the kid questioning everything always. And them being in my life, I was able to discern and discover so much about my passions. You, you bring up a really great point. I think um, as we try to discover what our passions are, being inquisitive and being able to give voice to that, I think is a huge, huge step to it. I want you to think for a minute, what brings you joy in what you do right now? What are, what are some of the, the ways that you know you're kind of in your sweet spot? What is it that brings you joy and, and how has that contributed to your work? Yeah, I mean, I could talk about fill the table and seeing what our local United Methodist churches did. I mean, so a lot of times we hear like the larger churches and what they did, but we had um, our smaller, more rural churches, yes, the yes, laity. Yeah. I mean, and they're still doing stuff. That's what's incredible. Yeah, so yeah. they have, they've created these food ministries that I was like blown away from. And I think that that that's during that time of COVID. I mean, it was, it's a, it was a hard time for all of us, but hearing and seeing these stories were just absolutely incredible. 
Um, what also brings me joy is obviously um, being able to see our younger people in certain um, ministries. So right before COVID, um, I got to travel to Kenya with uh, some Florida folks and a 13-year-old uh, from Gator Wesley, she traveled with Joel and I and some others and seeing her experience something that she had never experienced before um, was just absolutely one of the most incredible things. But how she responded to, you know, this group of orphans, vulnerable children that have been, you know, pushed out of society was absolutely incredible. And the whole time I kept thinking, gosh, I wish we could all treat each other the way that she is just embracing them um, and they're embracing her. So that brought me such joy in my ministry. And I, I remember these things, you know, ministry's hard, but I keep thinking about those small rural churches and people like Elliot who just are going to change our world and our community for the better. That's the thing about how passion works. It doesn't matter whether you're in a big church, a little church, it doesn't matter no. the setting. It's it's all about being willing to allow yourself to experience and to listen to that small, still voice inside and kind of yeah. unleash that, you know? So what breaks your heart? What are some of the things that you would say are, are things that contribute to um, the ways that you would say, gee, you know, this is just something I can't let go of, or I feel so strongly about that, you know, we've got to be able to do something about this. What are some of those things? The biggest thing right now is how we have pushed people out of um, society, how we've um, we look down upon people so much. So I, like I said, I do a lot with Zoe Empowers. And I constantly hear these stories about um, these orphans and vulnerable children that have faced things that I will never in my lifetime even begin to imagine. Um, you know, I think I think about our world. And I'm like, how could we literally look at this child who just lost their parents? There was one story where a young boy explained to me he had lost his parents and like he had to figure out how to bury his mother. Like no child should ever have to experience that. And that's just one story of millions of stories. There are like 385 million children that are living in extreme poverty. Like that, that's what breaks my heart. And there's so many nights and days and moments where I just think, are we even doing enough? Like, you know, things that we care about, is that, does that, is that truly what matters? Um, it's so that's, that's what breaks my heart. Just people being pushed out of our society because, you know, things that have happened to them or people they love or the way they look um, and the fact that we're not caring truly for one another. Gosh, Molly, I, I so appreciate that. And, 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 and I, you know, as a lay person as well, you know, often I'm wondering like, Am I doing enough? Are we doing enough? Have we have we pushed enough? Are we putting the resources in the right place? And so sometimes for me, you know, the things that I'm passionate about um, can cause what some people might call friction. Um, yes. and, 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 and I think sometimes that's just the way that it is. Um, I'm an Enneagram 5, so I try to keep my friction moments at a minimum. Um, and, and I know that you are an Enneagram 8. One of the things that I appreciate about you is that my experience of you is that for things that matter, 
you're willing to, if that means it's going to create a little friction just so that we can actually keep the main thing, the main thing, and really do what needs to be done in the world. You're one of those people that's willing to raise your voice, uh, even when people are like trying to keep the niceties like, and I appreciated that. appreciate that about you. Um, and I'm wondering, do you ever feel like your passion causes friction? Like, um, and, and, you know, do you feel like, how, how do you overcome that? How do you sort of manage when, in order for us to really do something, we got to shake up the crowd. We've got to disrupt yeah. the status quo. Yeah. So the first, um, you know, I travel a lot international um, and I fully am aware that I am, you know, a white privileged female. And so while my passions are to be able to help people around the world, I also have to understand that I am a privileged person um, and I can learn so much more if I sit there, listen and keep my mouth shut. Um, in situations where I am not the local, I am not the one running the program. I am not the one that knows the in and outs of a ministry. Um, and so that does cause friction sometimes because like we are Americans, we know it all. We, of course we know it all. We've learned, you know, we've known our whole lives. We know it all, but we don't. Um, and I've, I've had to learn that. I remember when I was 18, I had graduated high school. I went over to Kenya to live and I was like, I know it all. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely did not know it all, but that, that was a moment like, you know, my passion is people is helping people is serving people. I know how to do that, but I didn't actually really know how to do that. Um, you know, I'm always like, well, God, God put me here for a reason. I'm going to, you know kind of that white savior mentality. Uh, but I had that friction of like, not knowing like, this is my passion, but also like, you need to sit back and listen. Like you, you can learn so much more if you just stop, listen to what um, wisdom is coming from the locals. They have far more wisdom than you do right now. Um, so that that's that tension that you just, you know, you want, or if you're like, Hey, I have an idea, but that's not my, that wasn't, that's not my place. You know, my, my, my thing is to sit, listen, um, in those situations, but you know, in each situation, it's so different, but I, I have learned that while I can be very vocal and be very passionate about the things that I believe in, I also can stop, listen, and learn from the wisdom of the people around me. Um, and that just continues to grow and develop my passions. It's, it's funny you say that because, you know, when I think about the whole issue around friction and, and passion and how it relates, you know, sometimes friction goes against the grain, right? And, and sometimes we do, we are called to, to lift voice. Um, this is Black History Month, and I'm, you know, you know, I've been thinking a lot about people like Sojourner Truth, Mary Claude Bethune, Cookman, um, the the whole issue around Martin Luther King and how his approach, and, and what if what if they had never lifted their voices, Harriet Tubman, if she'd never mm -hmm. done the underground, you know, all of those things. What if they had never listened to that that voice inside and that passion, and if they hadn't gone against the grain? And then other times, that friction is the kind of thing that that causes us to see an issue, and then. 
helps us to think creatively. How do you overcome it? They say necessity is the mother of invention, right? So it, it, sometimes that's what it does for us too. So I will, I oh, hold on, I'm gonna, throw, I'm gonna throw something else out there. One thing that I've also, so I, you know, where I was even five years ago has changed drastically to where I am now about healthy models of ministry missions. So one of the friction, you know, pieces that I did, you know, I remember I used to, you know, go into ministries being like, this is incredible because it made me look good. It made me look good. And while I was like, this is, I'm so passionate about helping people. But then I had to start to realize like, these are, this is not a healthy model of missions. This is not a healthy ministry. Um, so that, that also that friction of like my involvement in things, like I've had to start saying no to a lot of things because I just feel like that's not what God has called us to do or to be, um, you know, God didn't call us to continuously like bring down people or push down people to keep them poor. Like, so those, that's also a friction and making sure that while I'm passionate about helping people, I still feel like God has really been calling me to discern about what type of things that I am doing or being involved in. Yeah, I, I think that's brilliant because I don't know that that our passions, um, I think they are unique to us. I think it is a very individualized thing. I think it's a thing that the Spirit, Holy Spirit brings upon us. And, you know, it's 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 what inspires us, the, this inward spirit that inspires us to move forward. I think you're right about that how we think about it. You know, um, I guess I would just, you, you said two things that just really hit me. One is that it's inquisitive, right? You gotta, you gotta be inquisitive about it. But then the second thing is that, you know, sometimes you just gotta sit back and, and, and look to see and take in and learn, not, not necessarily be the action force, but, mm-hmm. you know, allow that passion within you to take you to places where you are going to learn and understand so that you then can, have an effect moving forward. I think that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. So how do you how do you tell people how they find their passions? How do you how do you help folks understand what their passions are? Yeah, the first thing I would say is um, find a community that helps you. Um, you know, like I said when I was a younger, I had so many questions, um, but I had that community to help me figure out. You know answers to my questions. Um, and also my passions have changed throughout my life and that's okay. Knowing that your passions change, you know, next week I might, you know, just find myself in a completely different road in my life and that's okay. Um, I think they're for, God, they're for a season, they're for a season, yes. right? Sometimes they are for a season. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I think about people that are passionate about, about art or music, um, or, you know, things that aren't always, you know, like we are weirdly passionate about the United Methodist church. Um, and yeah, that's, and that's okay. And it's the same as someone being passionate about art or serving in their local Sunday school class. Um, but I think that to find that passion is to really also experience different things, um, that someone's comfortable with. Um, and have those conversations with your community. Um, ask the questions, uh, discern. Um, I think also, like you said, there's a season for everything, but there's also a season where we discern what we're passionate about. 
Um, and so many times we're so hard on ourselves that we feel like we're not doing as much and we're not involved as much or, you know, our gifts are not being used, but that's okay for that season. Um, but, you know, Brene Brown says, you know, be weird, be awkward and, you know, stay brave. And like, that's okay. Um, those are ways that we find our passions. Um, and I would also say that not every passion is meant for everyone. So while I am very passionate about certain things, you know, Derek and Alice, you all might not be passionate about the same thing and that's okay. And we also can learn from each other um, about each other's passions um, and continue to grow in the way that God calls us to grow. Molly, I am so grateful to just have you in this conversation about passion. Um, you know, one thing I heard you say sort of underneath all of all of sort of the different questions that we went through were just the journey that passion's not this sort of one moment and like, and that's it. You just need this one moment of passion realization and you're good, but like it's a continued journey of discernment and exploration and realization um, moments of, of going forward and doing, a, doing some really cool stuff and then moments of pulling back and figuring out what's the next right thing to do. Um, I just really appreciate the ways that you inspire lay people and also young people to be passionate about the ministry, be passionate about service, be passionate about mission, um, because I think that it's uh, the kind of example that really helps move the mission of Jesus broadly, um, the mission of Jesus forward. So mm -hmm. thank you for just sharing with us today. Is there anything else you want to make sure we hear about passion before we get done today? There's so many ways that God can use us, so many ways. And um, especially for our, our older generations, pour into the younger generations. Um, I, I think of people that took chances on me, big chances. Um, and because of them, I've been able to live out my passions. So take those chances on people, um, and younger people take those chances on learning the wisdom from, um, our older folks. Um, because so many times we have questions about our passion and what does this mean? And what is God saying to me? Um, have those conversations because I wouldn't be where I am without, God leading people into my life and speaking into me. So listen to that and speak into each other. Molly, thanks so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Laity Space podcast, a presentation of the Florida United Methodist Conference of Laity and produced by Wesley's Revival. For more information on the role of laity in the Florida Conference, please check out laityspace.org. That's L-A-I-T-Y-S-P-A-C-E dot org.